Welcome to the Silver Screen Podcast. I'm Jared Boomer. And I'm Katie Ganey. This is a podcast about movies and pop culture. And welcome to episode number nine. Today we are reviewing Booksmart. Katie, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much. Good. So both of us were able to uh, see this movie this past week. And uh, this is one of uh, the smaller kind of indie movies, I would say, that's in theaters right now. So um, which is always good to see indie movies supported and to get on a wide release and get a lot of screens so that people can actually see them like this was in, I think, all three theaters in my area. I don't know what it was like for you in Ohio, but I was I was surprised that this was actually pretty easy to go find in a theater, which is sometimes hard with these smaller indie movies. Yeah, I agree. This actually was all over the place. It wasn't hard for me to find it at all. And they had a lot of showings, which I'm not sure if that's due to how they marketed it, but I'm glad they're making it so available. Yes, which is great. So let's give you the synopsis real quick from IMDb. On the eve of their high school graduation, two academic superstars and best friends realize they should have worked less and played more, determined not to fall short of their peers. The girls try to cram four years of fun into one night. So, and that is very accurate of what happens in the movie. <laughs> Boy, we'll, do they. <laughs> which we'll get into in just a little bit. Um, so right now, as of this point, it's uh, we're recording this on June 4th um, or June 6th. And right now, as of this this day, it's grossed about $15,400,000. So that's not bad for an indie movie, I would say. Um, some of them don't cross the $10 million mark. So the fact that this, this is at 15 already is pretty good. I agree. Some people, I had read that uh, people were pretty upset that it was only at 10 billion, 10 million. And I think that was actually a couple days ago. So the fact that it's already made 5 million more, I think it was kind of one of those that people just had to hear about it. Cause even you and I, you know, we're debating, should we go see this one next? And it got so much hype that this is what we had decided on. Yes. So when it opened up, it came in uh, sixth, its opening weekend and made 6.9 million. And then last weekend, it came in eighth place and made $3.3 million. So not bad. But there was some criticism that it wasn't making more. But I think you have to I mean, it came out the same weekend as Aladdin. So I think you have to look at that and say, well, Aladdin was out. And that was obviously a big movie and has a wider audience spread than Booksmart does. So yeah, and Booksmart's rated R. So not everybody will go to see it anyway. Yes, so it is rated R. We should mention that too. It's rated R for sexual content, language, drug use, and drinking with teens. It was released on May 24th, as we said. And it's a pretty short movie, 102 minutes, which I'm always a fan of the shorter movies. If you can tell your story and get your story in and kind of get in and get out, that's always good for me. That was one of my criticisms with Aladdin is that it was like over two hours, which I thought was long for a story that was kind of simple. So I liked that this was, was shorter for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. And I thought that they packed so much into that 102 minutes. I didn't feel like I wanted to get out of there. Oh, me neither. No, it did not feel long at all. It was definitely that was like the perfect length for this. So well done by Olivia Wilde and everybody involved on that. So as we've said, this has been getting great uh, critical acclaim critical reviews as well um right now it's at a 7.5 on imdb the user score and then at a 97 percent on rotten tomatoes which i kind of want to find the like one or two people who you know <laughs> right. bumped it down from 100 that's kind of rude um right. but um lots of people are saying some great things about this movie and katie you actually found some stuff from uh somebody at, yeah. the, at the wall street journal and then also a uh, roger ebert's website as well they both wrote about this 
Yeah, I really, I wanted to look up, since this is more of an independent film, I was really interested in what other people were saying. Um, so I looked up on uh, the Wall Street Journal. Joe Morgenst- Morgenstern writes for them, and he said, Nothing funnier, smarter, quicker, or more joyous has graced the big screen in a long time. A high school comedy with a graduate degree. It's a thrilling achievement by any measure. An AP course in the exuberance of youth proves to be, oh, wild, he, he quotes for her, um, proves to be an ambitious filmmaker with the technique supported by a firecracker of a script. And I definitely uh, mention the script later when we talk about more, get more in depth on the film. And then Monica Castillo, she writes for rogerdebert.com. I loved what she said because I think it echoed my sentiments a lot. She says, a stellar high school comedy with an A-plus cast, a brilliant script loaded with witty dialogue, eye-catching cinematography, swift editing, and a danceable soundtrack, a complete package delivered to theaters with a bow on top. And then she talks about Olivia Wilde. Her sense of humor shines through every ridiculous situation, sharp quip, or a visual gag, and the supporting cast is just as wonderfully funny as the stars. I think that's really well summed up in that little paragraph as well, because that's kind of most of my thoughts on it, which we'll get into yeah. as we as we go on. But that was a very well written review as far as highlighting all the things that were great kind of about the movie. So as you mentioned there and as we should mention, it's directed by Olivia Wilde. And this is her first uh, feature film, her first directorial debut. We saw this last year kind of in the same genre of movie as Bo Burnham directed um, Eighth Grade and got an Oscar nom for the screenplay for that. This one, Olivia Wilde directed this movie movie and it was not written by her but it was written by four women which is cool Emily Halpern, Sarah Haskins, Susanna Fogel and Katie Cyberman all wrote this movie Um, but what did you think of Olivia in her first directorial debut sometimes that doesn't work out well when actors try to become directors but I thought in this particular movie it worked really well Oh, yeah. I actually, I I had small hopes that she would see it, but I had tweeted at her because (laughs) I, well, I have watched her post about this for over a year. Like she has been posting pictures of the cast. She's been posting, you know, little kind of like stay tuned sentiments. So you're kind of getting excited and, and it's made me curious. And then when I figured out it was a movie. So I just feel like I've been kind of on the journey with her, which I guess is the point of social media if it's done well. But Olivia Wilde, I actually think probably is one of the smartest people in Hollywood right now. And I think she lives actually in Brooklyn most of the time. So she's not even in L.A. But I just think that she's actually very intelligent. And then I love that she entered into this foray of directing. And she's definitely one of the the primary people, too, that's like at the helm of the female movement, too. But I'm so glad that people like Greta Gerwig um, and Olivia Wilde and Catherine Bigelow and Patty Jenkins, that they're all kind of like these female directors that are killing it right out of the gate. It's not taking them six films to get kind of noticed. They're they're doing an amazing job on the first one. Yeah, which is crazy and I think is a, is a good thing for female filmmakers that they're getting, you know, the support that they deserve. But like you mentioned, Patty Jenkins with Wonder Woman, Greta with Lady Bird especially was was huge for Greta Gerwig. So yeah. and now we have Olivia Wilde with Booksmart. And as we get into it, we'll kind of give our thoughts on if we think this is going to get nominated for any awards or not. And I also want to mention, too, um, Olivia Wilde named as one of the directors to watch at the Palm Springs International Film Festival. And then she also won the Audience Award for Best Narrative Feature at the San Francisco International Film Festival. So getting some love from some film festivals, which is good. And this premiered at South by Southwest, where it also was pretty well received by the audience, too. So very cool to see female directors, though, doing their thing. So yes. let's let's Thank talk you. about the cast a little <laughs> bit. This has a great cast, probably one of the best ensemble casts I've seen in a movie this year. I don't know if you would agree, but I think this cast really just kills it in all areas. 
Absolutely. I couldn't get enough of these people. I wanted so badly to like make this actually a play and we would all go out to a cast party afterwards. I loved everybody in this film, even the people you're not really supposed to like. And then I realized the average age of all of the people that starred in it are quite a few years younger than me, but they are all so (laughs) funny. I really love the cast. Yes, with the cast that they picked for this movie and then also with the script, which we'll talk about, both those things combined, the the scripting, which is great, and then the cast delivery of that script just really brought it to another level and it made it great. So let's just run down the cast real quick. First up, we have Beanie Feldstein, who plays Molly. Um, She's 25 years old. She's actually Jonah Hill's sister, if you didn't know. So a little fun fact there. I sure did. Well, congratulations. And uh, you may have noticed her. The movie I noticed her from was from Lady Bird. She's in mm-hmm. that, and she plays Saoirse Ronan's best friend in that. So I was familiar with her. Um, she was one of the only cast members besides some of the adults in this movie that I was actually familiar with. But it was nice to see her again on screen. I thought she was great in Lady Bird as kind of the comic relief, and her and Saoirse really had great chemistry in that. And here in this movie with the other lead, Caitlin Dever, they both really work well together too. Yes, agreed. And I looked up Caitlin. Caitlin looked, um, I definitely knew Beanie, but Caitlin looked familiar to me too, and I couldn't figure out what it was from. I actually haven't seen her, any of the things that I found her listed in, I didn't see her in or didn't okay. notice that's what I saw her in. <laughs> like she had just such a small kind of part, but she was in J. Edgar. She was in The Spectacular Now, which I've definitely watched. Bad Teacher. She had a recurring role in Justified, but it, it looked like a handful of episodes, but definitely about six or so. And then Beautiful Boy, which was the movie with Timothy Chalamet that just came out this last year. And then she also is in the TV show Last Man Standing. But she is going to be in an upcoming project. They keep talking about Catherine Bigelow, who did The Hurt Locker. Um, she has a an untitled project, but it's about Detroit, the city of Detroit, that's coming okay. up um, soon. But they haven't really announced much information about it. That's cool. But she we'll did see her- Caitlin in that. That's cool because her last yeah. movie was about Detroit too. So interesting to see that she's kind of sticking with that same thing theme. Mm-hmm. I know that's like a big thing for her, which is cool. So in Detroit, I did not see that, unfortunately, but uh, it was supposed to be very good. So Catherine Bigelow also, all the movies she comes out with are great. So Agreed. Just, if you're in a Catherine Bigelow movie, it's going to be a good movie. So yeah, <laughs> don't, don't worry there. Um, also in the cast, we have Jessica Williams, who plays Miss Fine. She plays one of the teachers in this film. And again, Henry really recognized her too much but she's in fantastic beasts and where to find them the crimes of grindelwald she's also um had a recurring role on girls and she was in hot tub time machine 2 and the incredible jessica james which i have not seen but i thought she was pretty good in this movie you know in a a lot of characters in this movie as we go they have little supporting roles where they're in maybe two or three scenes but the two or three scenes that they in they're in they crush it and she was really good in the in the few scenes that she was in this movie Yes. And then can we talk about my favorite duo in the movie, Lisa Kudrow and Will Forte, who play (laughs) Lisa is Charmaine and Will Forte is Doug, and they play Caitlin Deaver's parents. And uh, as everyone knows, Lisa Kudrow from Friends, which is my personal favorite show. She was also in Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. She's also starred in the comeback Web Therapy and BoJack Horseman. I mean, Lisa was in so many things, even looking it up. I didn't even have to look up what she'd been in because I'm such a fan, but I also, like, there were too many things to 
a list. Um, and then Will Forte, you and I both loved him in SNL, but also Nebraska, yes. which was nominated for Best Picture. And then also MacGruber and Last Man on Earth, the TV show. Um, so it was great to see them, but they were hysterical parents. We only saw them for, like you're right, a handful of scenes, but man, they stole the show in those scenes. Yes, there are two. there was two big scenes in this that made me like laugh out loud. And one of them is when you're introduced to them for the first time, the uh, Beanie and Caitlin or Molly and Amy are coming downstairs and they're about to go out to go to this party and you run into them and you don't know that they're really going to show up and they're just kind of in the kitchen and they've been like making all this food for graduation and they all have really punny names and they're just so into it and then they're like um we're actually leaving and they're like okay yes (laughs) and they're overly overly religious um parents that are trying to be supportive of their daughter who is a lesbian but they're also um, you know, kind of don't really know how to react and think she's in love with her best friend, Molly. Yes, which she's really not in the film, but that's a very funny aspect that they use. And especially right. uh, Molly uses is to say that she's kind of in love with Amy and she pitches that to the parents and they're like, okay, okay. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, Will Forte had some great lines in that like three minute scene that made me just crack he up. He did. So. <laughs> and the fact that his name was Doug, I thought that is just the <laughs> best name for this man this whole character he has like an apron on and glasses just total like nerd (laughs) and again lisa kudrow too is just very funny so yeah i thought that was very funny to see them in the movie they pop up again a little bit later Mm -hmm. um in the film to pay off actually a really funny joke and to kind of send (laughs) send uh amy off to to college which is cool so yeah and i should mention um jason sudeikis was in it too he played principal brown i actually thought so i've watched of course many interviews leading up up to this especially with Olivia Wilde and she yes. kept mentioning Jason and I thought oh that's sweet she's mentioning him because he's in it but because they're together in real life romantically but um I didn't when we first saw him I didn't think we were going to see him again but man they uh he he had a big part in the close to the end of the film when he is he's an uber driver I don't yes. want to say much more than that or a lift driver I remember they actually said lift but he's hysterical um he is Olivia Wilde's partner in real life I have noticed I just want to say that because I've noticed on a lot of shows they keep introducing them and saying like husband and wife and I've checked 10 million times that's an exaggeration but they are not <laughs> married so I just want to say that because I want to respect whatever their situation is, but they're, uh, they have been together since 2011 and they have two kids together, um, Otis and Daisy. And then of course we've seen Jason on SNL. He's also on last man on earth. He's in the movie where the Millers, he's in the angry birds. And then I also knew him pretty well from horrible bosses. Yeah. One too. Yeah. That one, those are pretty funny. So yeah. with him and Bateman and, uh, Jennifer Aniston are all yes. in that. So yes. Oh my gosh. Um, so that's that's kind of more of the ad- that's mostly adults in the movie. Yes. Um, so let's also talk about Skyward Giz- Gizondo, who plays Jared, which it's very cool. That I a know. Character is named I thought about you, Jared, in a movie that usually never happens. Um, the last movie I can remember it in was I think Boy Raced with. Uh, Oh, Lucas Hedges. Uh, I think his oh, name was Jared yeah. in that movie. So that's the last one that I remember. But before that, there was like nothing. So this he, guy was funny. <laughs> he is probably my favorite like side character of the whole film. Like I thought he was so funny. He like I hilarious. think I embarrassed myself with how loud I laughed every time he was on screen in the yes, theater. Yes, he's great. Um, he rolls up in this like awful looking car <laughs> that yeah. he has and it's really funny and all the scenes with him there's like a loud music blaring and it's just trying to really get through to you that he is kind of like the kid that everybody knew in high school where they were very like jerkish and p- thought they were really cool but they really weren't. <laughs> 
That's that's well, kind of his character. Yeah, and he was such an interesting character to me because he was very lovable, but he also like they kind of tried to make him the quintessential like douche of high school. <laughs> but at the same time, he just by, by the end I was like, man, I would totally hang out with you. And I see I, it's sad that a lot of people seem to miss out on him in high school. It sounds like from their high school. Um, I had not seen him in anything before, but he was in Vacation. He was also in The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. And okay. then I also saw he was in Santa Clarita a diet that uh, Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant were in, but that has been canceled, so you won't see him again. Oh, in that. bummer! I know. I thought that was very popular. I thought a lot of people liked that. I thought it was too, but I I saw that it recently was canceled. But he, man, he stole the show. He was like of the of the side young high school characters. He was absolutely my favorite one. Yes, I loved when he was on screen. He was yeah. great. So next up we have Diana Silvers who plays Hope. She's kind of playing like the popular girl that you know is very clickish and really just cares about the popular kids. Um, and we'll go into more detail, more spoiler details later in the review. But um, yeah. that's kind of her character and what she does so i thought she was pretty good though um she wasn't really she didn't have that that much comedy compared to some of the other characters i mean she had a little everybody had some but she was definitely one of more kind of serious characters i guess you would say just in her personality but i thought she played it really well yeah, and she when I was looking her up, she looked so familiar to me the first time I saw her on screen in Booksmart. Um, but when I looked her up, she actually, I think, had the shortest acting resume of anybody else. Um, but it's because I had seen Glass. She was in Glass. But also, she is in Ma, which is with Octavia Spencer, and that's out right now in theaters. Okay. And it was because I had seen so many previews for it. And I was like, oh, that's why she looks so instantly familiar. <laughs> so she's one of the main characters in the movie Ma, which um, doesn't look like my cup of tea, but but we all know I love Octavia Spencer. So yes, yeah, so you got to do what you got to do to make that money, I guess. Yeah. Are you going to be seeing Ma? No, I will scary? not. <laughs> nope. Um, don't even plan on it at any time. But okay. she was, I, I actually liked Diana's character, Hope. I liked her by the end, but she, she wasn't my favorite Yeah. of the movie. Uh, so we also have um, Molly Gordon, who plays Triple A in the movie. <laughs> yeah. um, also another really good character. <laughs> Yes, and her name, I, I wanted to mention too, by the end we find out it's Annabelle, but... Yes. Yeah. She was in Bewitched, the Nicole Kidman one, so like the newer movie version. Ooh, she would and have then, had to been like real young to be in that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, she would and have then, played like well, a kid in that. Well, also she was in... Yeah, I, I didn't even recognize the character's name. She was in Love the Coopers, but she was also in I Am Sam, okay. which I went to look up, and I, I think it was a pretty small part. Um, okay. Cause I, which I haven't watched I Am Sam recently, but I was like, I don't remember her at all. And then yeah. my second favorite character of the high schoolers <laughs> was Gigi, who's played by Billy Lord, who I think a lot of people would recognize. She is pretty well known. I would say that she and Beanie Feldstein are pretty recognizable at this point. Um, but she is Carrie Fisher's daughter in real life and Debbie Reynolds' granddaughter. And um, she has been an American Horror Story, Scream Queens. And then she was also in several of the Star Wars. Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, Star Wars The Last Jedi. And she's also going to be in the upcoming Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. And I saw a cute thing that Mark Hamill refers to her as his space niece, which I thought was very sweet. But she was hysterical. And I think in real life she's about that funny because everything I've seen her in indicates that she's a pretty uh, 
comical person. Yes, she was great as well. So uh, we should mention here, we're going to get into more details about the plot of the movie and kind of what happens. So spoilers coming up for Booksmart. If you haven't seen it yet, then go check it out and come back and continue to listen to this episode. But from here on out, the movie will be spoiled. Just FYI. But please come back. Make sure you listen. (laughs) Please come back. Please support us. So (laughs) I um, sound so desperate and sad. (laughs) Please. Please, please come back. Please, please return. Yeah. So uh, one question that I wanted to ask you that I think we have different perspectives on for this movie is that I was homeschooled growing up. So I never <laughs> went to high school. <laughs> right. So I wanted to ask you, how did this compare to actual high school experience for you based on what happened in this movie? Was it pretty accurate? I know things have changed since you were in high school, just with like technology and social media and all that, which this yeah. movie doesn't hit on too much. That was more of an eighth grade thing. But I just mm-hmm. wanted to ask you how much this actually represented high school I I think it did a good job I actually was talking to someone about this today so my high school I definitely have always been a pretty social person um I would say I am in the middle of the character like the kids that are like kind of crazy and acting silly and okay. versus Molly and Amy who are very studious I definitely studied I was also in band and orchestra and a lot of things that would qualify me as a quote unquote dork which I don't agree with but I loved all the activities um but they so I kind of related to them but I wasn't like purely dedicated to I have to study to get into an Ivy League school I never felt that that um, pressure but I will say what I do think differs about this high school experience versus mine is that now there is so much else at play that we got to see in the film like Olivia Wilde addresses things like what it would be like to be a gay person in school what it would be like um like the drug use and the drinking definitely wasn't as heavy in my high school um there were people there was unfortunately someone at least one overdose where somebody died in of our high school but that was it in all four years and then if there was anything else that happened I didn't really hear about parties getting broken up or anything like that I know they happened I just wasn't really partaking um but I also kept thinking how social media has probably changed everything as well like even the kids you know everybody was holding up their phones to tape one of the fight scenes in the film and I just thought well none of that would have happened when I was in high school so I think it's a pretty good paints a pretty good picture of what high school is like but I think it's just very indicative of 2019 high school not when I was in high school over 10 years ago okay that makes sense I think that's that's interesting so and I think it's interesting too when these directors that have been you know out of high school for a little while and I'm gonna keep mentioning eighth grade just because it's the most recent movie that's kind of compared to this is like Bo Bo Burnham has obviously been out of high school for a while Olivia Wilde is 35 years old so she's been out of high school for a good you know almost 20 years at this point but the able the fact that they're still able to relate to what high schoolers go through today is always a really good thing to see in movies and I think that's always good when you can capture that kind of really well yeah I agree I think she did a great job and I I love too that our perspective is different this time too that you were homeschooled whereas I was at a public high school yes so but I still loved this movie even though I was homeschooled so I still thought it was was very funny and very enjoyable so yeah I wanted to ask you too kind of what was your what was your favorite scene from this movie because I have two that really stood out to me but what was your maybe favorite part of this movie favorite one or two scenes oh gosh okay I actually didn't give this thought so this is really off the cuff but the scene that immediately came to my mind when you said that was uh (laughs) sorry I love the scene 
when the girls, this is a small one, but when the girls are getting ready to go to the parties, like they're like, we got to figure out what to wear. <laughs> I related to that so much. I'm still at 30 years old. I am still like that where I'm just like, oh man, I have to play my outfit ahead of time. Like what makeup is going to look good with this? And how am I going to do yes. my hair? And they cracked me up with their affirmations with each other. <laughs> she was like, girl, you are so beautiful. I can't with that blank. Like the stuff that they said back and forth was adorable. And it was so, um, it was just such a healthy, I really think a healthy, positive female friendship. And it was adorable. And I thought, man, I have some girlfriends that I talk to like that, that we both are like, oh, you're so beautiful. I can't even stare at you. Please look away. Let me put my sunglasses on, things like that. So that I, I think they had two interactions like that. <laughs> but when they were getting ready to go to the party and then when they were borrowing Miss Fine's clothes to go to another party, those were the two scenes that stood out to me that just cracked me up. And then I think a second one would be when they go to the boat, <laughs> when Jared comes to pick them up, Jared comes to save them and he says he's going to take them, the girls to this big party, the party, Nick's party that they're trying to get to. He's like the popular hot kid in school. And Jared comes to pick him up. He's like, don't worry, girls, I got you. He takes them to a yacht that's at a dock. Like it's not even out on the ocean or anything. And it's all lit up and it's catered and it looks really fancy. And then you come to find out it's Jared's family's party. And Jared is the only one there along with Gigi, Gigi who is yeah. Billy Lord. And Billy Lord gives them drugs, but they don't know it. And then they they try to dance and they're like, we're not interested. And then I forget what provokes Gigi to do this, but she just tells someone to light them up and it's fireworks. And then she jumps <laughs> off the yacht. And I lost my mind. And I will say the theater too, um, everybody there was laughing just as loudly as me. So it was really nice. And it was like a Tuesday night. And I felt like there were maybe less than 20 of us in the theater and and all of us were laughing basically at the same time and the whole way through so that was nice to kind of be in solidarity with people yeah our theater was laughing yeah. too we had about probably 15 people <laughs> in ours but it was very funny that is a very funny scene when they get on there and i really like the recurring joke of Gigi just popping up in scenes throughout the, the whole movie it doesn't be like acting and you know having a conversation of boom there's Gigi, and they're like how did you get here like you just jumped off a boat 10 minutes ago and now you're at this party and she just like is totally fine with it so oh and her hair was dry i noticed yes, that too yeah. her hair was never wet even though she just jumped in the water so funny uh my favorite scene is probably when and i'm blanking on the character's name right now i don't forget but the two gay guys who were in the movie um and were like in a relationship <gasps> when they were um i really loved a couple different parts one when they are holding their like murder mystery dinner party yes that is, that is a very funny scene um and also when they're singing uh karaoke to alanis morris sets you ought to know i was just what cracking is, up <laughs> what is wrong with me how did i forget that it's um alan and george okay alan and george oh my dear god i should have we should have said well you know we've already talked about the cast but austin crute plays alan noah galvin plays george they are so funny i don't know anything about them in real life if they actually are gay or straight it doesn't matter they played it perfectly they were actually extremely similar to people i went to high school with okay Good to like know. That, that so. whole attitude was, yeah. I could name several people in show choir that I was like, oh, yep, mm-hmm, there they are. It's so I love the scene in the when they're having the murder mystery party and Alan <laughs> is in the entryway and the girls walk <laughs> in and he just like starts going. And then George is like, you're at a 10? 
I'm going to need you to take it down to a two. <laughs> Jared, do you know who that reminded me of? Me and who? you. Okay. Because I felt like there's so many times that I've shown up somewhere or <laughs> I could see you opening a door and there I am in the hallway screaming and dramatically <laughs> acting something out. <laughs> like you're here. I need you to be here. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. But they're singing like you ought to know. And um, George just like basically eats the microphone and they're just really into it. It's such a great, uh, well-directed scene by Olivia Wilde kind of telling them what she wants them to do but also just so well acted too um that i thought that was really great and then one of my other favorite scenes was more of a serious scene but i really liked how she shot and how she decided to do the argument scene between the two of them that happens near the end of the movie between amy and molly when they get into a fight at that party because the first part of it you hear them talking and then it's just one continuous shot too from like when um forget who's trying to find who i think amy's trying to find molly at that yes. point yep. and it just follows her basically from the pool all the way until she finds molly and then they converse and they start talking to each other and then it's just like one continuous shot while they argue and you can hear the audio for the first part of it and then she just cuts the audio out and just has music playing and the camera just kind of spins around a little bit but i thought that was a really well acted scene because for the, especially for the second half of that they basically just had to use their faces to act they couldn't use any words and i also thought it was just directed really well and really the emotional uh moment that was happening there was captured i thought really well in that particular scene I agree with you. I have a comment when we discuss our likes and dislikes. I okay. have a comment on that that scene, but I actually think it was really well done as well. Good to know. Okay, well, um, before we get into our likes and dislikes, let's just touch on the soundtrack real fast, which I actually loved this movie. I thought it was a great soundtrack. Just a bunch of, like, thumping, fun music throughout the course of this. Definitely fun to see in a theater and just have those tunes be playing in the background. But I really enjoyed the sound. I have not listened to the soundtrack since the movie, uh, since I saw the movie, but I do want to check out the soundtrack again because there's a lot of songs on there I didn't recognize but that I liked. Yeah, I agree, too. There were a lot of... Um, I looked up some of the names. I knew Lizzo, because Lizzo's blowing yes. up right now. I feel Lizzo's like she's extremely it. popular, and I love her, and she's all about female empowerment, so it makes sense that Olivia put her in the movie. Um, but I looked up Santa Gold, Perfume Genius, and I think it's Likey Lie 47. Now, some of the music sounded familiar to me. I probably... It, it just was a little more obscure where I was like, oh, I don't know who sang this, but I loved it. I thought the music was like another character in itself. She did a great job. Yes, she did a great job assembling that soundtrack and helping with that, or whoever did music supervision on this did a really good job of taking her vision and finding songs that definitely fit that and fit high school. And I think it was a good... It was a soundtrack that high schoolers today would probably listen to a lot of those songs yeah they were not they were not really the the popular songs of the moment right now i would say they're not like the ones that you hear played on the radio every 20 minutes but i feel like if you were a hip high schooler and you were into music and knew kind of what was popular in the underground indie scene that would be the kind of stuff that you would be listening to agreed and i think um Oh, sorry. I think oh. in some regards, these kids are cooler these days than I was. So I yeah. absolutely agree with you. They would know these cool artists that yes. I don't know now. I thought especially Molly and Amy, just because they're so studious and like the title says, book smart, that they would really have, you know, their music playlist would be carefully curated. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So that was funny. Um, so let's talk about our likes now. Some of the things we like. We've already hit on this a bunch, but the cast in this movie is, is really fantastic. Again, like I said, one of the best casts that I've seen in a movie this year. I mean, Avengers Endgame, that cast is obviously incredible, but I think they have the um, advantage of being all known names, whereas this is a lot of unknown 
known actors as far as this point in their career. They're not, you know, as big as Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Evans. So I thought the cast that was assembled and then what they executed was was really well done. And the cast was just just crushing it in this whole movie. I completely agree. That was the very first thing I put down for the likes in this film. The cast was amazing. And I agree. They did. She did a perfect mixture, I thought, of people that we know to draw you in and get you kind of interested. But there was a lot of fresh faces. And I did like to, I don't think every movie has to be like this, but I loved the representation in this film because I loved that there were, to me, it seemed like an equal amount of males versus females. But if anything, there were more females, which was just cool to see. But I love, too, that they had people that were gay, people that were straight. I loved that people were not all a size two and that there was even commentary on how, you know, people shouldn't be held to the standard or women, especially of being shaped like a Barbie that comes up in one of the scenes. Um, So I really liked that. And I also really wanted the music was fantastic. I also loved the costuming because uh, the kids, I felt like their clothing really fit their personalities, like everything about the. Uh, Alan and George had to be like grandiose and very like chic and it was and then Molly and Amy were quirky and everything they wore was quirky um, especially like the night of the parties but I just I think that they they did a really good job of paying attention to each character and giving them their own sense of style their own dialogue Um, it wasn't like I didn't feel like any of the characters were glossed over I didn't either and I think going back to your like um, costume point too like with you see with like Gigi she always has these like dresses on that are very sparkly and definitely yes. fit her character and then Jared always has these outrageous <laughs> outfits like 80s. on. Like 80s it's like 80s yeah. garb like he had like an 80s windbreaker on. <laughs> so I thought that was funny as well and then later in the movie when he when you find out that he's actually a pretty good dude and is really caring for people and just kind of puts on this front just to you know try to be popular his his wardrobe changes a little bit as we get later in the movie and into more like modest type oh, stuff, dang. which I, which that I thought was, was kind of interesting. Yeah. Not so much um, early on, obviously he's like outrageous, but like later in the movie, I think he's talking to, it's either Molly or Amy in one of the scenes. And he, his outfit is obviously still a little wild, but t- in terms of what we had seen him in earlier in the movie was definitely tamed back a little bit. So that that was just a good way to kind of portray that through the character so and like you said sometimes the costumes were used for um, comedic appeal as well like especially with like Will Forte and Lisa Kudrow's costumes and Jason Sudeikis as the Uber driver yeah (laughs) when he plays that I loved I really um, I I should have looked it up but the the dialogue was fantastic I thought the word I kept thinking of I could hear my dad using the word pithy um, but it really was it was such a smart witty dialogue where I felt like it was just rapid fire every Everyone could just respond back and forth, back and forth, um, where I, the words, though, everything, I felt like the dialogue all moved it along and moved it in a direction. Um, and it was hysterical. I love, too, when books or movies can make me laugh out loud. I couldn't even stop myself from laughing out loud during this movie. Yes, this movie was hilarious in so many like different aspects, and that's one thing that I really enjoyed. And I think is really, I think it was good that they released this at this time because you don't get a lot of these in summer. You get a lot of them in fall, winter, and even more so now, like Netflix with "To All the Boys I've Loved Before" and some of their other romantic. They're really getting into that romantic comedy game and making more romantic comedies than just releasing them on Netflix. So it was nice to see that this actually had a theatrical release, and it's not a romantic comedy, but it is kind of a, a teen comedy. Which you don't see much of nowadays. So yeah, I, and I, I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't say it's exactly like Mean Girls, but it reminded me of it in the best way. Where I think this is definitely a rewatchable movie, and I also think that it's it's just another example of good writing. 
good cast and something that's very relatable to everybody. Everybody has had some experience with school or feeling isolated or feeling left out um, and like you don't belong somewhere. So I just I loved this movie. I definitely, definitely plan to watch it again. So I've one of the things that I've seen online a decent amount is that people are comparing this movie to super bad, kind of saying it's like the female super bad. Do you agree with that at all? I haven't watched Superbad in a while. Um, I'm embarrassed and ashamed to admit this, but again, we're going to do just a public shaming here. I haven't seen Superbad, and okay. I'm well aware that Emma Stone, who I love so much, is in it, and I have never seen it. Okay, good to know. Well, I'll explain to you basically what happens in <laughs> Superbad. Um, here's the IMDb description. Two codependent high school seniors are forced to deal with separation anxiety after their plan to stage a booze-soaked party goes awry. So kind of the same oh. type plot, really focusing around one event. Super bad is a lot more crude than this movie. Um, it's definitely one of the more gross out comedies. And Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah are really funny in it. And some of their like first movies. Also, Bill Hader has a great role in it, too. So and like you said, Emma and Seth Rogen. So it's got a great cast. And that may be where some of the comparisons are coming from is that kind of all the people in this movie were young in their career when they were in it. But now they've obviously gone on to do great things so i can see that comparison somewhat but as far as like the story and what actually happens i think super bad is way more involved with more you know illegal things kind of more breaking the law type things i mean there's a big plot line with mclovin and the police officers that you see throughout the whole movie so um i don't really know if it compares to super bad really at all i mean it's the same kind of genre of movie that teen college comedy but I think that's kind of where the the comparisons end personally well, and for I, me. I could be wrong, but I I bet some of those people subconsciously, if they read somewhere that Jonah Hill and Beanie Feldstein were related, I wouldn't be surprised if they just kind of put that together. Like, oh yeah, he was in that one movie. Oh yeah, that's kind of like this movie. Yes, exactly. So, and I've seen comparisons to like Ferris Bueller as well, which it kind of is. I mean, I Ferris, do see that. Yeah, I do see that more than almost super bad, just because Ferris Bueller is all about. Oh, we're at the end of our high school careers and we got to go crazy. And especially the Cameron character in Ferris Bueller, he's just like so pent up and so nervous all the time that he's never really done anything super exciting. So the fact that they like go to a baseball game and they're in that parade and they go to the top of the, um, the Sears Tower. So all that stuff happens in that movie. And so that can, I can kind of see that comparison because this movie too plays out different events that happen kind of in different locations. So I, I get that comparison as well. But I think Booksmart is, it's probably better than Super Bad in my opinion. I don't know if it beats Ferris Bueller because that's one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time. So I'm going to give our grade here in a few minutes, but I don't know if it, if it beats Ferris quite yet. So. Yeah. So we talked about our likes. Let's talk about some of our dislikes. Um, one thing that I didn't like in this movie, I don't have many dislikes, but one thing I didn't like is when they took the drugs and they turned into the Barbie dolls. That just took me out of it for like five minutes. I know it was supposed to be funny, but I just thought it was weird at that point in the movie and there had been nothing like it into the movie at that point. And I just, that was just the part where I was like, this is just kind of awkward and I'm not really feeling this particular five minutes obviously it ends quickly and you're on to the next thing but i don't know how you felt about that scene but that was kind of the one scene where i was like eh, i don't really enjoy this particular scene this is so funny because i actually thought you would say that <laughs> but i only think it didn't bother me because i knew it was coming i had seen okay uh, an interview with olivia and she talked about it she was like oh we did a stop motion thing or like a claymation. Oh, okay. she, i did not know that the it was way coming. she worded it okay. yeah and and so it didn't bother me very much now do i think it could have done without it sure but i thought it was probably like a I thought it was a clever way to show like a what 
it would yes. feel like to be on drugs. Like there is a really whatever. good joke payoff during that though, when it cuts back to yes. real life and they're walking down the stairs, and hilarious, very stiff like Barbie dolls. That is a great. That made me laugh out loud right there. So I mean, even if you take that whole scene to set up that one joke, it was a great. It was a great joke to just yeah. kind of have them stiffly walk out of the house as they leave the party. Well, and I agree with you. There wasn't a lot that I didn't like about this movie. Um, mine is actually like super small and kind of. I don't think it's silly, but it it did bother me. Okay. So when the girls change, they borrow clothes from Miss Fine to go to the last party. Mm -hmm. And Molly is put in this dress that it's not that it's not cute, but I felt like it was the one and only time where Caitlin looked like way, way cuter. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I just felt like if I had been the costume supervisor or maybe director and and no offense to them, just in my mind, I would have picked something different for her. Yeah. Maybe to make her stand out in a different way. I felt that it looked a little too 1980s. Like she found it in a vintage store not a current we have an awesome hot teacher and this was in the back of her car um so that kind of bothered me and then the other thing is this I think this really is just me and my family and how I look at it I loved this movie I love that they take some difficult subjects and really uh actually have conversations about it and I do agree I haven't seen super bad but I totally know the style of movie it is I have no doubt it's raunchier and I think that that could be a gender thing but um some of the conversations in this movie I think I wouldn't want to be with my parents when I'm watching it and I'm like a full-grown adult and I still wouldn't want to watch a couple of the moments in this movie with my parents um but I think that that all just has to do with how people relate to their families and what what goes in their family and what doesn't but I do think it's a fairly accurate portrayal of high school um and I think it's a hilarious movie I I really like I had to really think about things I didn't like about this movie I'll say that like it was hard to figure anything out that I didn't like me too. And I related to it even though I wasn't in high school, but just from the homeschool aspect and how um, the characters of Molly and Amy are just so studious and so like we got to get into the best schools. And then when Molly discovers everybody else in this school got into really great schools too and they just goofed off all four years and we studied and worked really hard. Um, I could relate kind of to that a little bit and also just the fact of like being really book smart and spending time in the classroom. And there's at one point where they like they're looking up the address to a party and they go to the library to do that, which I thought was funny. So um, I thought all that worked really well. And even if you weren't like, you could probably relate to some character in this movie based on how you were in high school. If you were an academic, you probably related to Molly and Amy. If you were more of like a partier, you probably related to Jared and Gigi. If you were, you know, in theater, you might relate to the two, um, you know, gay characters and kind of their friend group. If you were, you know, if you had crazy parents, you might relate to the two parents in this movie. So I thought there was really different, different kind of um, portrayals of kind of all different types of personalities that you see throughout high school and, and, you know, with the adults that you deal with in high school too yeah and this is this is my last comment too um the only other thing i i I, there wasn't anything that took me out of the film and i didn't think it was too long i will say though there this is one of those movies and it doesn't happen very often where i thought it was going to end three different times like i felt like it was wrapping up especially the scene that you were talking about that you loved which i did love i loved how she filmed that and i liked how the audio cut out and stuff when they were looking for each other at the party yeah but i kind of thought it was going to be like a quick ending like They resolved it. Or I thought one of them was going to go home, leave the other one at the party, and then they would see each other the next day. There were just a couple times where I felt like, oh, oh, it's wrapping up. Oh, 
oh no, there's going to be another scene. Like even after their graduation, then there was mm-hmm. another scene where they were dropping each other off at the airport. Like I just kind of thought it just kept, it, there were false endings and yeah. I didn't mind it. I thought all of it served the story very well, but I will say it, it I kept thinking like, oh, this is the end. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Because it, so that was, but that could be because it's her first film, and I don't know that I would do any better. But yeah. that's just that's my last comment on the that a slight dislike. No, I hadn't thought about that, but I agree with you too. Because like you said, you had the party scene, then you have graduation, then you have the scene where um, what's the one character's name? The girl that um, uh, Amy like oh, makes out with in the bathroom. Hope. <laughs> Hope, yes, hope. So they have like a conversation and then Will Forte or and uh, Lisa Kudrow pop back up and they have a little conversation with Amy. And then, like you said, then they go to the airport and there's that scene. And even in, during that scene, you think maybe it's going to just end with them walking away and not coming back and like embracing each other and saying goodbye because they say goodbye very awkwardly like high yes. schoolers would do when they have to go away for a long time and they're best friends. That was really well done. But even during that scene, you think it's about to end and then it, it doesn't quite right away. And then I forget what the last line is. It's like, you want to go get pancakes? Hell yeah. Or something like that. Then right. It's like book smart. Boom. And it's done. So I thought it was uh, really good though, like you. And I just thought there's just a few little things here and there. But again, you're working with sort of more of a unexperienced cast. You're working with a first time director. So those things are probably to be expected. And most first time directors don't make movies this good. So the fact that we only oh, have a, little, a few little things to talk about is definitely a uh, high praise for Olivia Wilde and everybody involved. So before we get to our grades i wanted to ask you one thing that we're going to try to do on this podcast too which we haven't really done too much yet because we haven't gotten too many movies yet that have fallen into this category but we really both love the oscars and kind of award season and all that stuff so i wanted to ask you do you think this gets any oscar nominations out of this movie i could see maybe script but that was the only thing i was thinking maybe original screenplay would get nominated I think that's the only thing I would probably give it as well, like that I, I think it has a yeah. chance at, but I definitely think it could be a contender for script writing. I think definitely script writing. I don't think Olivia would get nominated for Best Director. It's tough when you're a first-time director to get nominated. I and think she could be a dark horse because I think she's really respected in her industry. Yes. Um, so I, I could see her maybe getting nominated. I mean, at, at this point, out of what I've seen this year, sure. At yeah. no- Ask me in November, I don't know. I mean, right now, if we were coming up with the best director category, basically her, Jordan Peele, and the Russo brothers. Yeah. <laughs> that would be anybody. Yeah, that would be it that we were throwing in there. So she's in right now. But again, we're only in June. So we do have a while to go. But I think that was kind of one of the conversations surrounding eighth grade, too, when that came out is it got nominated for script. But a lot of people were saying Bo Burnham should get nominated for best director. He did a great job in his first movie out. And it's really high quality. So if that conversation keeps up through Oscar season, then I could definitely see a Olivia Wilde possibly getting in the picture. And I think what would be great for this movie too is if in six months it drops on Netflix or Hulu or somewhere and it gets exposed to an even wider audience that can watch it from their couch. Because while this is a great movie to see in theaters with a big group of people and laughing, it's not like an action movie where you have to see those big explosions and things on screen. So this will definitely play on the small screen really well, but I think that could definitely garner it some buzz if we get closer to award season. And Oh, in November, Oh, book smarts on Netflix now or book smarts on Hulu. Um, and you can watch it there and, and check out what you missed during the summer when all these blockbusters were coming out and you didn't have time to go see this. I completely agree. I think great question. And I, I, I love her. So, and she is my uh, brother and my boyfriend's celebrity crush. So this, <laughs> this movie just impressed me more and uh, I would date her too. So, 
I good love to know. Olivia Wilde. Good to know. Mm-hmm, Do we mm-hmm. know if she has anything else on the line directorial wise? Is she I doing didn't anything see, else? Okay. I didn't see anything. And um, I think she was asked that in at least one interview. And she's like, I'm just going to take some time. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if she did other projects. I think I think she really likes directing and it's up her alley. So. I think so, too, especially from what she did from this and just how good it is. I think she could definitely get more offers to direct different things for sure. So I did see she's directed some um, on her IMDb. She directed some music stuff for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And yes. Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, which is interesting. So didn't know that she had done that. So very cool. Um, so let's go ahead and give our grades for Booksmart. I'm going to give this one an 88 out of 100. 80 out of, 88 out of 100 for Booksmart. Um, the only things that I really didn't like, like I said, that doll scene, and then like you said, just kind of the multiple endings, That was a, it was just a little clunky at the end, but not, not too bad. It's still very high in my book, so I'm going to go 88 for Booksmart. I loved it. I think that is a great grade. I'm going to go a little bit higher. Um, I'm going to go with a 94. Very nice. I actually looked back at some of the other movies and what I've rated them. And then I kind of tried to put this near them, the ones that I've I've rated on the higher scale. But I think I I did mention Mean Girls and how I don't think it's exactly like it. But I think this is insanely rewatchable. I actually think this will be a good movie like eventually when I have kids and I can be like, hey, watch this. Because I feel like it just deals with a lot of things maybe in a way that I couldn't as an old person explain to a younger person. Um, But kind of how... Uh, everyone at some point deals with these feelings of like being alone or not good enough or, oh, you have to leave your best friends and go find new friends. Um, but I, I loved this movie. I just related to it a lot. I love, I do love that it's a f- primarily female cast. I loved that all the characters were so lovable. And I just thought it was a very modern movie, just very 2019. It screamed 2019 to me. And I'm, I'm really impressed with Olivia. I hope she does more things. Um, and I hope she hears this podcast. Yes, check it out, Olivia Wilde. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Olivia, Jason Sudeikis, friends yeah. of, big friends of the podcast. So. Absolutely. Just like Tom. Yes, Tom and Christian and Matt. They're all listening yeah. now. So thank you to everybody. Uh, this is also your highest rated movie so far on the podcast. <gasps> I just looked at the scores. Your 94 is your highest score you've given anything so far. So. Ooh, I didn't even realize. So I don't gave, even think that's. I think that's okay because us. I that, that's right. That actually makes sense. No, yeah, us. You gave I a give, ninety-two. Didn't a I give Avengers a ninety-five? Uh no, you gave it a ninety. I <gasps> gave it a ninety-five. Oh my so bad. That, so and then you gave Aladdin a ninety-two, us a ninety-two, and you gave before we went to the numbering system. Yeah. We had <laughs> free we did, solo. We did two had episodes where we did <laughs> grades, and we both gave that A's. So whatever yeah. that factors into, probably around a ninety. So. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, your highest grade so far. And I yeah. think it's definitely warranted because it's a it's a great movie. So yeah, I'm so glad we chose to see this one. I think this was a good use of our time. And I hope people like this episode. Yes. Go see Booksmart if you can still find it in theaters. It's kind of getting slim in some places. Um, I know here and where I live, I live in one of the not super small towns in Indiana, but it's smaller than like Indianapolis. And some of the theaters are kind of bumping it out for more things that are coming down the pipeline. But like you said, Katie, where you're at in Ohio, it seemed like it was still in a decent amount of theaters. If you live in a bigger city, you can probably find it still pretty easily, which is good. So be sure to uh, like the pod and also rate and uh, subscribe on iTunes, if you don't mind, at the Apple Podcast app. I guess iTunes is going away from what I hear from Apple's big announcement the other day. So <gasps> you'll have to listen to us just in the Apple Podcast app. So be sure to download that if you don't have it already. I don't know when iTunes is supposed to go away, but that was a big announcement is that they're splitting all that into separate apps. Wow. So And so please you- uh, definitely find us on Instagram and Twitter and all social media. We would be delighted to have you follow us. And you're welcome to comment on our, our stuff. You can critique us, but be kind. 
Yes, <laughs> feel free to do that too. At Podcast Silver on both of those, you can find us there. And then you can listen in Apple Podcast app, Stitcher. We're on TuneIn. We're in Spotify. We're in uh, Radio Public, which is new. So if you use Radio Public to listen to podcasts, or if you have been thinking maybe I'll download that app and check it out, we're in there now too. So if you use that, or if you have a friend that uses that, feel free to tell them you can find us in Radio Public. And then our next episode will be uh, the movie Rocket Man. Starring Taryn Edgerton, which almost starred Tom Hardy, which we both said no. No, that would be awful. Hollywood. <laughs> Good Lord, Tom. you might as well put DJ Khaled up in there. Please. Can you imagine no. Rocket Man with DJ Khaled? Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Thank goodness that didn't happen. We're pretty sure DJ oh. Khaled did no music for Rocket Man like he did for Aladdin. I'm pretty sure it's all Elton John songs, maybe some reimaginings of those, but no new tracks probably. And we'll be reviewing that next on the podcast. And then we also have Toy Story 4 coming up as well, which comes out very soon, which I'm a big Toy Story fan. I've loved Toy Story since I was a kid. So I don't, know if they, I don't know if they needed to make a fourth one, but I'm excited that they did. And I will definitely be seeing it so uh, thanks so much for listening to this episode and uh, again like we said follow us on social media be sure to rate and subscribe in apple podcast app and we'll talk to you next time until next time we'd like to thank the academy 